Welcome back to another episode of We Are Not Movie Critics. I'm your host, James, and I'm here, as always, with, you know him, you love him, it's Mr. Will Tucker. How are you doing? I couldn't break, I tried to break him, and he, faced, he was there, so undefeated. Bad. I stared directly in his eyes, and he, he broke me. We locked eyes and continue to lock eyes at the moment. Yeah. This is this is very intimate. I don't know how I feel about this. We're I'm pushing gonna, Mark out. I'm going to look at Mark now. <laughs> he's back, he's fresh, he's managed to make his way off the trains. It's Mr. Mark Wyatt. Managed to make his way off the trains. Yeah. That first like I'm in the before sunrise film just <laughs> stuck on trains around is Europe that, is that what happened last week you were just it like is. desperately trying to find Celine yeah <laughs> so I just just, Celine. just got on a train and never got off riding riding back and forth from well, Devon very, to Oxford well it was very awkward when the train just stopped at a depot while everyone was on strike and I was like there's no French women here <laughs> um. well, we've got a few bits of news today we're a little bit light on the, the news overall but we are going to talk about and as always things are time coded down below if you want to jump around around you don't care what we're talking about got a lovely interview section as well so feel free to jump down to that if you fancy it but we're going to talk about some super bowl trailers Uh, a few of those dropped including like the deadpool trailer so we're just going to do a general discussion around that one of them is going to lead nicely on into the wicked trailer as well so we're just going to do a little bit of a uh, talk about that and then finally we're just going to have a bit of a general talk about doctor who a few sort of little tidbits of news kind of came out from that so yeah as always, we are on uh, we are not movie critics at on Instagram. So if you want to stay up to date with everything, follow us and yeah, stay up to date with everything that we've got coming up and future interviews and everything. So we're going to jump into the news and Deadpool got its first trailer this week at the Super Bowl. It snicked, broke, snicked. That's that's his sound. That's Wolverine's sound. Oh, more, no, his his sound is more like a. It's snicked. You guys are you guys are really showing your asses. Is this from, right? the, oh, no, is this from the comics? Way. I was just throwing is this from the comics. Yeah. Oh man, I'm not even yeah. a big comic guy. No, but that's what they write as the audio mm-hmm. description. Snick. S-N-I-K-T. But yeah, it got its first trailer. It released and it's actually broken the record for the most watched movie trailer of all time in 24 hours. Got 365 million views in a 24-hour period, taking over the top spot from Spider-Man No Way Home, which, yeah, I am actually a little bit hyped for this film. I think it could be a way to at least revive a lot of interest in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. No, I don't, I don't think something is done. Thing, right? Not from yeah. Marvel. I no, mean, Deadpool's Deadpool. Yeah, because it's not going to get me back on the Marvel train. No, this is his first. That's my opinion. I'm not saying everybody has to <laughs> agree with me. <laughs> this is his first introduction, obviously, into the the MCU. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of like what the plot mm-hmm. it, what it, it devolves into. They're looking. They're I like bringing it, it evolves, evolves. not evolves. <laughs> <Devolved. laughs> they're linking it very highly with Loki, so that he goes to like the TVA and is like okay. oh. The okay. sort of like synopsis I think of it is that he's going to be potentially like killing the Fox universe and it's like going to be him like cast to be like, oh, we've got a mission for you and we need you to go and kill like all of the old like Fox universe. There's like a couple of cameos from it. So there's going to be uh, Jennifer Gardner's Electra is going to appear in the film. There's going to be potentially there's they're going back to like old MCU moments as well. So they're going back to, I think, Age of Ultron and they're potentially teasing a Wolverine Hulk fight in there as well which could be quite interesting so there's a few little tidbits of of things that could like bring a bit of interest i've seen your eye your eyebrows perk (laughs) up just a little bit over there i thought i knew how i felt about this and now i don't what's your experience with like deadpool in general did you watch the first two yeah yeah yeah. i thought they were great i definitely they're just deadpool to me i know they fit Mm -hmm. in and around the universe but i feel like both the amount they make fun of Mm. and also just how unique it is sets it apart and i like that i don't 
roll it in with the rest of Marvel, DC, and other superhero yeah. things. Mm-hmm. So I'd be surprised and upset if they went down the route of trying to massage it into the Marvel yeah, super cut. I hope it just stays fringe. And yeah. Zonan is basically a Ryan Reynolds superhero movie, which to me is what it is. Yeah. I think like one of the biggest things that people have been like concerned about was that is it going to be R-rated? Is it going to be like an 18 or 15 at least? And like, or is it going to be Disneyified and go back to sort of like being PG and 12A and, and that sort of thing? But judging by the trailer, there seems to be a lot of references. I think one of the first things that he says in the trailer is like, oh, they pull out like batons and he's like, I'm not new to pegging. So I'm pretty <laughs> sure that it's going to be sort of like non-PG at least at the very okay. least. So I think it is sticking with the theme of like, yeah, Deadpool is Deadpool. Have you have you watched any of them? I have. You, I, I like both of both Deadpool's. Mm. It has a weird reputation for like I don't know. People associate Deadpool with people who try to be edgy online, mm. which yeah. I mean is true. But also, I don't know. I really like these movies. Mm. I think they're self aware and not in a bad way. Mm. They're aware of their awareness. Oh, and the the weird funny meta humor, blah blah blah, whatever. It still works. Like yeah. I think it just works. I don't like read super highly into them, and I think trying to have it be like have Deadpool exist in universe with mm. other characters might start to make it a little bit too weird. Yeah. It's like you have to really choose your tone yeah. well here. But, I mean, I just really like these movies. They have mm. Marina Brockran and Zazie Beetz. Yeah. And that's all apparently that I need yeah. for these movies. <laughs> I, hope they, I hope they throw in, like, more of the cameos, like, from the second one that they did. Because, like, a Brad Pitt was obviously, like, one of the craziest cameos that they threw in there. And I found I that one. I don't even remember he's, Brad Pitt. In he's the one. guy who's, he, you know, he forms, like, a superhero yeah, team. Yeah, he's, yeah. like, Team X. Brad oh, Pitt's the, the guy the, who's the, invisible. Yeah. And then he gets electrocuted, and it just flashes up that it's Brad Pitt for, like, three <laughs> seconds. Man probably earned probably about, like, $20 million for that. Like, yeah. that one small cameo, which... Still, I find it really funny. Ryan Reynolds just is like, no, I will pay Brad Pitt $20 million to be in this. <laughs> yeah. What's your perception of like Ryan Reynolds? Do you like Ryan Reynolds as an actor in general? Well, you... I like Ryan Reynolds. I like him when he's playing Ryan Reynolds, I guess. Yeah. 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 Which he does. Like that's what why... he's doing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He does that a lot as well. There's like a lot of films where he's just like playing Ryan Reynolds and he is just himself. So but to answer you that. Yes, I suppose yeah. I do. <laughs> I don't. I'm trying to think of, of like in every movie. I'm just like waiting. No, mm. haven't seen him in anything else. So I have Deadpool and waiting. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Did a film recently where the Adam Project. Yeah, is that? Um, he comes back from the future and meets his child self, and it's sort of vaguely space time travel cop vibes. Mm. And he's not Ryan Reynolds in that. It's Whoa. not an amazing movie, but oh. that just to say, he does do other things where <laughs> he he isn't Ryan Reynolds. But yeah, I definitely think with Deadpool, it is a Ryan Reynolds movie to me, yeah. and that's mm-hmm. why I like it. I kind of yeah, I do hope in some ways think hope that it's going to be like that, keep it slightly separate and maybe not interlock it completely into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I guess, but I guess time will tell on it. And yeah, for me, I'm hoping that it's gonna reignite that interest a little bit because yeah i have kind of wavered out of it and obviously we've spoken about that in in previous episodes but this one it looks fun and it looks interesting and it's enough for me to be like i am excited for this and i am going to go and watch this obviously when it comes out in cinemas considering they're calling it deadpool versus wolverine i think they're gonna try to interlock it a little bit (laughs) do you think i think like wolverine's probably going to be the one 
I think they're bringing Hugh Jackman <laughs> back one. big time as well for like future things. I don't know if he's gonna like sign on for multiple films and everything. But, but they can bring Wolverine into the Deadpool universe, or yeah. they can bring Deadpool into the Marvel universe. Yeah, I hope they go with the former yeah. and they bring in characters like Juggernaut was in yeah. the second one. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like they were trying to pull Wolverine into x-men mm. too much i hope they keep pulling into deadpool rather yeah. than it just ending up being deadpool pulled into the marvel stream yeah i really like their dynamic in general like ryan reynolds and hugh jackman i think like they're really funny on on online obviously and like even if it's just like marketing directors and everything that i've like, told them to do it i still think it's quite funny when all of the promotional material and they're just like going at each other or being like i hate you even though they're clearly like very good friends if they do have hugh jackman I can only pray they use him in a musical theatrical sense. I, I've heard like very small rumorings that please, they are going to do please, a musical number in there please. and have him. I saw like I saw him doing like a Broadway show very recently, and like he's obviously he's such a good performer, and obviously he did great showman Great-ish. and everything. Oh, but I thought for, I thought for some reason say Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen I've seen clips of him doing Sunset Boulevard. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. But yeah, talking about musicals, obviously, it wasn't the only it wasn't the only trailer that got announced at the Super Bowl, and one of them was Wicked. Yeah, they make a Wicked movie. Oh boy, yeah. Yeah. I have I have listened to the musical a lot, and I've played the music itself when I was in high school, mm. so I have like a pretty deep appreciation for this. I was yeah. singing karaoke on Thursday, and we put Wicked on. It was excellent. <laughs> was it Defying Gravity? It by was chance? explicitly only Defying Gravity because nice. apparently there are only two good songs in wicked which is extremely incorrect mm. um but no the uh i don't know why i didn't think this but the when i was for some reason quite surprised when the little teaser trailer came up yeah it's like whoa oz is technologically advanced maybe it's just because i'm thinking of the wizard of oz where it's just it might as well just be a castle but there was a lot it was very fantastic and i i think they're really leaning into like big budget heavy fantasy stuff with this so i think that could be really interesting i'm, I'm just i think the music has got to be good and i think they had like little bits of teasers of defying gravity in there mm. and i'm just like you haven't shown me any good music the trailer itself just had sort of basic trailer music and i'm like why yeah. are you doing this it's like you've got such a rich soundtrack that you can pull from why exactly. are you just like not exclusively like pushing those songs even if it is just defying gravity you'd like play a bit more and like get mm-hmm. that get people hyped for something it. but i imagine that the music's probably going to be quite good you've got if ariana grande you've got ariana grande like coming involved obviously mm-hmm. playing the glinda the glinda don't even look at your i was phone i was like looking down on my phone being like oh <laughs> but i feel like that she's gonna bring in many ways like a lot of these films whether it's like the musical biopics or or like traditional musicals mm-hmm. I feel like they are enhanced by having like someone that has a musical background involved in it because well i mean whoever to replace adina menzel is going mm-hmm. to be i think extremely difficult and i have no idea who cynthia Erivo is yeah. but i think i have a feeling she's probably cast explicitly because she's an excellent singer and you yeah. hear like a little bit of her voice mm-hmm. in this but who knows we, yeah. we don't know anything yet until Thanksgiving. <laughs> I don't know why it, they yeah, decided. They, 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 yeah, it's on Thanksgiving weekend, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure. Yeah. It's everyone's favorite Thanksgiving movie. Yeah. And Do so you have, here it would just be a weekend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have um like musicals in general that you like other than Wicked, or is it just Wicked is like oh, what I you gravitate to? Load lo- a lot. A lot of musicals I really enjoy. Yeah. I just don't watch them. <laughs> <laughs> I found this out. <laughs> yes. Mark was like, "You haven't seen Hamilton?" I was like, "No, yeah. I've just listened to it like ten times." <laughs> But no, I think, I mean, there's a lot of them that I quite like. I was like sort of 
on the on the outskirts of our theater department mm. in school. I never actually acted or sung or anything yeah. like that. That was not to my bag. No. But I had a lot of theater friends, and I guess I still do, kind of. Yeah. But no, Wicked is quite good for a number of musicals that I haven't seen. It's weird saying that Wicked might be my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I really like the message a lot. Sometimes I have to think about dancing through life and remind myself, that's not way, that's no way to live, just because it's super catchy. <laughs> I don't know. I just love a musical. If I, yeah. if they have a good soundtrack, it doesn't matter what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Do you watch? Do you watch many like musical films? Or like out of, maybe not even like the musical side of it, but like the adaptations of like films. So for example, no, like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think musicals usually work in yeah. movies. Honestly, I think it yeah. it works pretty. Ex- it works on theater. Yeah. Mm. And as a movie, it sort of it loses a bit. It's harder to really really get into it. Yeah. I think when you're sitting there having someone sing at you, mm. suddenly you you can buy in so much easier. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, Cats did very well. Um, <laughs> so like maybe maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> um, I was gonna ask, have you seen Lemmes? I haven't because I I don't know where that lands because that is a movie, mm-hmm. but it's a movie of a musical. Mm-hmm act number people who really so really like Miz as a movie don't like that movie do they not okay no. I, no. I enjoyed that movie mm-hmm. as a musical but maybe that's my uncultured <laughs> lack of musicality yeah i think i think it is usually it is generally known that uh, like when you take a musical and you try to adapt it for a movie format it doesn't quite work like yeah um and like and a lot of i mean a lot of Plays don't exactly work in this format either. No. It's not necessarily has to do with the music, but I think the music really, really does. It works in theater when someone's singing to you. Yeah, I really, I really do love a musical. I, I just had to like double check whether one, one of the films, obviously, that I'm going to talk about a bit later is La La Land. Obviously, it's not. It was a film first, but they are looking to adapt it into a musical, like a Broadway show. Yeah. Do you think films can go the other direction? Obviously, For we've spoken sure. about. Yeah. I think this is Shrek. Yeah. <laughs> Need we say more? <laughs> the Shrek musical is proven. But no, I think I think it's a lot easier to adapt and make something into a theater production than yeah. it is to like. All right, we we need to make this into a whole a whole ass movie. Mm. There's so many different directions you can take it. Yeah. Whereas when you're there sitting in a seat watching a, a production, mm. like I feel like you've already kind of bought into it, right? Yeah. Once you get someone trying to make this huge big budget movie too many mm. people or have too many opinions and too many thoughts get into it and the producers were like well we'll have to make it this way and that way and this way and mm. then it gets a bit fuzzy yeah well definitely i'm excited for this one um Me mark too. do you have any like experience of like wicked at all or any musicals i know that you obviously like gravitate towards soundtracks and and those sort of things do you, have you got much experience with movie musicals or play musicals um so my experience with wicked is nil have you ever seen The Wizard of Oz? I have mm. seen The Wizard of then Oz. Then your experience with Wicked is 0.1%. Um, okay. Nice. 0.1%, okay. I think I will go away and watch Wicked. I mean, you know, and I talk heavily that I really enjoy Hamilton. Yeah. Which I suppose I don't know where that fits in your comment around. It's a live recording. Yeah. So then can you have a live recording of any musical that works? Or I don't know. Because Hamilton definitely that. works, but that's just because it's incredible and i guess i've seen hamilton live and i've seen the recording how did you feel did it work better live (sighs) it did work better live yeah it was incredible for both but yeah live it is like 
an amazing experience but other than that i mean yeah like you said soundtrack and i guess i like jukebox musicals as a term that i learned from you will which the musical community would probably spit on me for Mm -hmm. but i want to sing along largely to to my musicals that's why you listen to the musical 20 times before you go to see it yeah (laughs) i'm trying to think of any other musicals like other than les mis that i've actually watched i guess i've been to see musical theater but I can't think of any musical films that aren't jukebox musical films. Terrible. Yeah. But Judge yeah. me all you want. Die. <laughs> wow. Um. Very visceral reactions from you guys. <laughs> but yeah, we're just going to move on to like our final final piece of news. A little bit of a general sort of discussion just about Doctor Who. Talking a bit about Doctor Who, the new... I've blanked on the word. Companion? Assistant. When? Companion. When? 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 Doctor When? What? What? <laughs> No one's catching on. I just kept saying, like, <laughs> it was a stupid bit. You don't need to include it. Talking a bit about, yeah, Doctor Who, the the new companion, Millie Gibson, has already finished her time as the companion after this first season. So I'm interested to see who they cast for that. Yeah. And I've yet to watch anything past the Christmas specials, mm. which I always watch anyway. But... As we've spoken about, I struggled a bit with Jodie Whittaker's Doctor. And I'm interested to see where they go with this and therefore where they go with a new companion. But still excited for the, the season of Millie Gibson and Chutagatwa and see see what's going on. I know episodes have released of that and I, I need to catch up. But yeah, I, I don't know why yet, but she's she's finished after one season, which is interesting. Usually the companions tend to do a, a while. Yeah, yeah, I was going to yeah. say it's a relatively short run, just like the one season, isn't it? It is. I can't think of any other companion that runs such a short mm. time really might just be due to writing like maybe they happen to in this storyline like maybe they kill her off i don't maybe. know yeah maybe. i guess we'll i guess it remains to be I seen mean, on that the christmas episode highlighted for me just how tragic most of the companions endings are yeah okay they all have a glimmer of positivity but for the doctor especially like in my head i was like it always ends well and then it kind of went back and was like Rose is trapped in a different universe. I think Martha got off okay. Donna Noble like had to have her mind wiped for a consist like a considerable amount of time. Bill ends up trapped in a well dies in a Cyberman body, but her mm. consciousness is allowed to live on with sentient water. Mm. Which, if you haven't watched Doctor Who, sounds insane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that sounds yeah. And yeah, it, it kind of highlighted and Amy pond is sort of thrown back in time mm. with rory so they live their life together and things but it is kind of tragic so i don't know maybe they do kill her off. maybe they do <laughs> maybe yeah. they just, based on just the track straight record up, she just gets shot and they're like this is doctor who now <laughs> <laughs> this ain't your grandpappy's doctor who anymore this, this is what we do we do grandpa joe now. just <laughs> just offs Offs the companion on stream. I, I would definitely watch that as Grandpa Joe as a companion on Doctor Who. He's like, we got to go on an adventure. And he, again, just jumps up out I'm of bed. Out of like, bed. <laughs> this show is made for three people and it's us. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, have you, have you, I think we've spoken about yeah, Doctor Who briefly. Yeah, I've got Who little briefly. bits. Yeah. I, I have like, I do have opinions on this. When, it, when the Doctor chooses a companion it i kind of make sense of the tragic right you're kind of dooming them to this incredible wonderful wild deadly time what do you do afterwards it's like you've been you've been True. touched by some like forbidden knowledge and then what do you do you live a normal life afterwards yeah. so you're saying it would be more tragic to drop them back into i a don't mundane know human existence yeah. i don't know how you do yeah. it. would you would you go 
Yes. Someone turned up and was like, "Do you want to come on an adventure with me?" But a million times, might. yeah. But if he was like, "You bear in mind, look at the track record." I thought you, you meant, might would you go that. back? He's just like, "Oh, you need to hop off." No, <laughs> no, I'm not. You, you can't are, make me. You are living the TARDIS now. <laughs> you are single-handedly the worst companion I've had. I want you to leave. Next no. companion comes on, and you're just there in like the basement of the TARDIS. No. Like, I'm not going. I'm not leaving. I'll just ignore him. <laughs> Put me in the adventure. <laughs> but yeah, if you want this, potentially, if he warns it, pre-warns it, oh, you're probably going to have a tragic ending, mate. Would you still go? So it sort of depends. If, it, if let's assume I don't know Doctor Who is a thing. Yeah. Some crazy guy appears in a magical like, well, phone. We've, yeah, we've spoken about uh, potentially uh, our interview ooh, segment ooh. coming up. Like, And apparently, the, not at all was a reference to Doctor Who. No, Who would have thought? No. But I don't know. If it's proven magic. Yeah, I'd probably go. Yeah. I mean, apparently, I th- apparently you dangle a little magical carrot in front of me. I'm just like, oh, yeah. put me in. <laughs> go on, man. To be fair, never prefaces it with, there's a good chance you'll end. <laughs> he never tells anybody no. the stats. Like, look, just to be completely honest, 95% of people who come with me don't end up in a particularly great place. Yeah. He's just like, I could show you magical adventure. I, I can, can show, show you the world. world. You'll probably not come back. <laughs> You yeah. might die in a Cyberman body, and your mind, mind will live on through magical sentient water. I don't I'm even just, remember what you said. I'm that, just that imagining. Is, it, it's not 100% accurate, for the, but it is kind of what happens, yeah. So, yeah, you, it's very sad. Like, I cried at those episodes. It's, it's yeah. really hard. Not it's, a, it's an emotional show, definitely. Yeah. I'm imagining, like, when, the, when a companion joins into the artist, I'm imagining the Doctor's got a big wheel, and he just spins it of all the possible tragic <laughs> endings that you can have. <laughs> And it's like, and this is yours. You could have, you could, you could die in a fire. And I, I can time travel, so I'm gonna make it happen. Yeah. You get a tragic ending. You get a tragic ending. Everybody gets a tragic ending, except for me. But yeah, I think it's definitely, it's definitely one that's a bit on the back burner for me. I haven't watched much Doctor Who in recent history, but the uh, Christmas special ones, I really want to go back and watch because obviously I was crazy about Tenant back in the day, and it seems to be all. Everyone that I've spoken to about it has seemed to say it was a really great, really great episode. I think Neil Patrick Harris is the villain. He I is think. indeed. Yeah, and that looks really great. And obviously, Tutti Gatwa, great performances in Sex Education, and he's getting a lot more like popularity in a lot of shows at the moment. So, yeah, definitely gonna be interested to see how his Doctor goes. First leading role with a Doctor of a person of color, which I think is mm-hmm. is interesting as well. Like, so I'll definitely be checking it out. And I think like I'm gonna be asking uh, a lot of people about feedback of doctor who and which ones to like go back and watch and which one's the best sort of thing so yeah excited for that let us know what your thoughts are on doctor who and like yeah drop us a message on we are not movie critics uh instagram love hearing from you guys if you follow we'll stay up to date with everything that we've got to come in all interviews everything um, everything everything or nothing. <laughs> speaking of which we're going to move on to our interview segment we've got a really fantastic guest coming up so stay tuned so welcome to our next section of the show basically the premise is that we're going to get a guest on every week to talk about a movie or tv property that's really important to them and basically we're just going to have a chat about why they love the movie today we've got a really exciting guest we've got mr andrew hartland joining us we've worked with him for several years all of us he's here to talk about avengers infinity war andrew for anyone that hasn't watched this if they've been living literally (laughs) under a rock what would you say the kind of plot for this movie is what's an avenger that's a that's a big question to start off with. <laughs> yeah. So Avengers Infinity War is a film that comes towards the end of the Infinity Saga yeah. within the Marvel Cinematic Universe from here on called the MCU. So the main part of the plot is that the Avengers 
are sort of spread out in a lot of different places because of the events of the previous films. And a new threat comes to, to bear in the form of Thanos. And Thanos is an alien who he's is... He's the big purple guy. He's the yeah. big purple guy. He wants to not really conquer the, the universe, but he's looking to try and restore balance to the universe by removing half of all living things, yeah. which is a bit extreme. And most of the other characters in the film agree, but it's a little bit extreme. The, the way that he wants to carry out this task is by collecting all six of the Infinity Stones, which are powerful stones, each of which are supposed to represent some part of the world, the cosmos. Mm. And in collecting all of these stones, he will become essentially all-powerful and be able to fulfill his what he sees as his duty with a single snap, yeah. uh, if that came through. <laughs> I hope it did. Oh, it did. definitely did. Yeah. yeah, so you can do it in a single snap, rather than sort of going world by world and, and killing, genociding half the population, which is what he'd been doing up to this point. Yeah. It takes a toll, I'm sure. It's uh, yeah. It's also a pretty big indicator that he is the bad guy, and everyone guy? should be stopped. Yeah, they all sort of have to come together and and stop this big bad. But as I say, it's near the the end of this Infinity Saga, but it is not yeah. the end. And and so yeah, the film is a little bit speculative in that in that respect. I think everyone has. If you haven't seen it. I think for the first and foremost, I think you've probably heard of it. I've, I've met many people that haven't heard of it in, in general. Yeah, there aren't many houses underneath rocks these days. Yeah, but the, yeah, yeah. yeah, for those of you that have been in those, Marvel's pretty big. Yeah, it's a little it's, big. It's kind of, it's become like a cultural phenomenon. And for me personally, I, I grew up with a lot of these films. So this film in particular was like obviously very important to me. What was it about this film that you felt so passionately about? Yeah, so I'm obviously cheating a little bit and bringing it in to, to maybe talk about the MCU as a whole a little bit. Yeah. But I have picked this specifically because I don't know that I've ever walked out of a cinema in the same way, having the same sense of shell shock. I think that that's what's really stuck with me and what I remember about having watched the film. So I think that's, that's what drew me to this one in, in particular. And it obviously it is one of the, the larger ones in the series, has all of the characters coming together. And, and I think for, the, for that reason, it's, I, I, I think that really helps it. I, I think it's a, it's a real benefit to be able to sort of jump into the story and jump into the character development without having to do a lot of the, the background work, which yeah. has already been set mm -hmm. up by the, previous, by the previous films. Because I think, if I'm, if I'm honest, in terms of like movies in general, one thing, I, I didn't used to like movies so much. And I think one thing I thought about movies was that they were a bit short to be able to get into those kinds of things properly. Yeah, I, I think of myself as a gamer, if that doesn't sound absolutely horrible. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the, the sort of narrative possibilities within a video game and, and being able to develop that out is, is huge. And I also was like a big fan of miniseries and, and things like that, where if, you, if it's eight, ten parts, you know, you get that amount of time to, to yeah. really dive into to story and character in a lot of different ways. Spoke briefly about Band of Brothers as well in a, in a previous one, which mm. is another mini series like that but i know i know entirely what you mean and this was phase three of marvel wasn't it yes yeah this was yeah. the combination of, of three this like yeah, the so climax of bringing together cinematic universe for what largely was like the first time right yeah like definitely. now it feels like everyone and their dog have have given it a <laughs> yeah, go yeah. and and they're trying to do the same thing and obviously we all have opinions about marvel yeah. post this which yeah. maybe aren't but I know what yeah, you Yeah, I mean. did hear that episode, Leaving yeah. that cinema. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Both that and Endgame were just like, oh, well, they did it. Like, they actually oh. pulled all this together I mean, really quite well. I know yeah. a lot of friends who weren't super bought into Marvel. And when they left with Endgame, they're like, yeah, I didn't really uh, 
didn't expect that. Yeah. It was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> like they didn't tell me what happened and I hadn't been spoiled on it. And I was just like, wow. Yeah, they killed half of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real, it's a difference. Cause I guess in a lot of superhero films before this, you're used to ultimately, I, I really can't think of another one where the heroes lose. The heroes actually just physically lose at the end of the film. Mm-hmm. And I remember like how I felt walking out of the cinema that time. Did you, when you went and watched it, did you go opening night? Did you go like midnight viewing, anything like that? Or was it? I don't think it was quite midnight viewing, but it was, yeah. it was definitely sort of first weekend, which again is, is not something I tend to do. I yeah. usually wait for the, the crowds to die down yeah, a little bit. And, yeah. you know, you get a less distracting cinema to sit in. But yeah. for this, it was like such an event that everyone yeah. was involved in that you couldn't do that like if i'd waited mm-hmm. a weekend then it would have been all over the internet and, yeah. and i would have had things spoiled and yeah people that know me I, I, i'm a massive spoiler like i hate them i hate <laughs> yeah, them so yeah. much of mice and uh, yeah exactly yeah <laughs> i had yeah i had the, the, the ending of mice and men spoiled to me in english class back at, back at school ruined um, the book yeah absolutely ruined the book and ruined my uh, opinion of a particular teacher <laughs> who i hope never listens to this now but at least they're not named when you when you were in the cinema and when you're watching it, did you go with kind of close friends? What was what was your setting like? What was what was the the lead up to going to the cinema? Had you watched like loads of the trailers and knew it was coming? And so I I knew it was coming and, and I'd obviously seen all the films in the lead up to it. Trailers not so much. The way I sort of approach trailers is, is again from this spoiler point of view in terms yeah. of I know that I want to see this film. Yeah. I don't need it sold to me. I don't want to see clips. I don't want yeah. to see screenshots. I don't want anything sort of like sport. I want all of those experiences to be real and genuine the yeah. first time that I see that film. Absolutely. So I hadn't I hadn't really seen too much. But yeah, I was I was sort of all in, in in terms of like, yeah, where the various heroes had had left their stories in the previous films, where the possibilities might be for them to take those storylines and those character developments. But yeah, I didn't go and see it on my own. I went to see it with my, my mum. Hell yeah. It was a little, was a little while ago. No, this <laughs> But rules. also, uh, you know, I, I think it's also like one of the reasons why it's like a really, really special thing. Yeah. Because yeah, we, we sort of watched all of those films as I was growing up, I guess like sort of through teenage years. And it's just really nice to have that sort of shared experience with somebody oh, and someone, you know, someone that you're really close with anyway. But then, yeah, just to really enjoy those things and sort of, yeah, be able to walk out and have those like speculative conversations like, oh, what, yeah. what could have happened there? What could this? Have meant and, 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 oh, yeah. and go from there. Yeah. I wish I wish I had that. <laughs> I went to see Spider-Man: Homecoming with my mom, and she left the theater early. Oh, <laughs> I no. did not. Oh, <laughs> she really didn't like it. I don't know. She's just like. I thought that movie was terrible. It's like, I thought this was one of my favorite yeah. iterations of Spider-Man. I don't know what you're on about, but... Her reaction was, there's more? <laughs> oh, no. No, I think... I, th- I just think she was a real... She was a big Raimi head. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm, imagining, I'm imagining your house growing up, like, that there's just Spider-Man posters of Sp- Sam Raimi films, and it's like, we're a Sam Raimi house, Will. <laughs> no, she was... She was just, like, she big would... X's drawn over Andrew <laughs> yeah. Garfield's face. Not my Spider-Man. No, hashtag not my Spider-Man. I mean, I can't tell you how how much Twitter interaction she has with that. <laughs> Sending Andrew Garfield death threats on the, the thing weekly. Is, my mom's gonna watch this. Yeah. She's gonna listen to this. And she's gonna talk to me about it. Back to the the film. I, I mean, my immediate question, and you've somewhat answered it, I think, by saying sort of it was your first big experience leaving the cinema like this. But why Infinity War and not Endgame? Or we would have allowed sort of both rolled into one but i guess a lot of it comes from like you said it was the first time you left cinema but what about this film other than the everything around it made you think it, it's it's that one and not the two not the whole series yeah i think 
it's probably more my opinions on Endgame than it is, is my opinions on, on Infinity War. And I don't want to get like too far into it as a side point on, mm. on this film. I suppose this was the first one where it had been done. I know that there were the, the Avengers films before Assemble and Age of Ultron, which had, had brought these characters together. But mm. this really felt like a true sort of coming together of everything and, and an end point there. And I think the sort of knowing there was more to come and having that sort of end point but the possibilities of what that might mean and, mm -hmm. and how these these characters might have to react as a result of that rather than the sort of complete finale which really you know they did i think they did a really good job with with endgame but don't get me wrong I, I do really enjoy it and i think that they did as good of a job as they can do yeah. in that in that perspective but i also do think that things get very messy in any sort of media when you start introducing the idea of multiverses and, oh yeah oh yeah that uh, that naturally sort of you should have a word with a lot of directors uh, yeah. Yeah. about now. Any um, like possibility is possible suddenly takes a lot out of the story yes, yeah. in, a, in a lot of ways. Whereas in this, you know, it's a little bit simpler in terms of the, the possibilities. Even with, a, you know, a spread of different storylines and, and character arcs, the sort of possibilities are a little bit more confined to 14 million 605 yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but within that that's still smaller than they sort of were they only chose one of the infinite yeah. exactly <laughs> exactly um, yeah something i so so re-watching this i one thing i didn't actually do is i didn't watch through to see if there is and if there is i can't remember it a post-credit scene on this one there is, there is, there yeah, is. there is one post credits. I think it's the Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, it's the Samuel L. Jackson, oh, okay. and then is it the one where Brie Larson turns up as well, and she goes, oh, "Where's that, Fury?" Yes. And then it just cuts to black. I think no, no. no. pages, and then the he dusts, and the page falls to the yeah. ground. Yeah, right? that's the one. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And was it Endgame that was the first one where they didn't have, or did they have post credit for that? That was. I feel like I remember watching uh, a think, film where there like, was no post credit. I feel like there was, was there a Spider-Man one because that was the next thing coming. I, I feel I like, can't quite remember, but I maybe there wasn't, and they just sort of left it because yeah. you know it was the end of the of the entire arc, but not even a little bit the end. So yeah, there's still that little bit of hope. Yeah, even even though as you say, like this is a film where the, the where the heroes lose. Yeah, there's still that sort of yeah element of hope at the end of it because obviously you know there's still some left. Yeah, and yeah, the possibility of these these sort of not seen before heroes to, to come in and, and change things yeah I think the thing that for me that sets Infinity War kind of apart from a lot of these superhero films is that and we, I kind of mentioned it a little bit with the heroes losing but it's the fact that I watched a lot of superhero movies before this I was very engaged in the MCU the MCU formed a very large part of my, my childhood and like I remember when the first Avengers came out and I saw that in cinemas and then just grew from that point but in a lot of those the stakes don't always feel there and present you know a lot of cases the title character isn't going to isn't going to die and i felt like infinity war was the first film where really there is big consequences happening there's a lot of character deaths in this film mm -hmm. that right. at least and, and straight from the the, the opening right yes. which you know the first sort of scene you're, you're on the asgardian ship which has yeah. been attacked by thanos himself and yeah it's it's already happened the battle's yeah. already happened you know everyone is is pretty much already dead on the floor except for the main characters you would you would think and you know two out of the four of the, those don't make it out of that of that scene and yeah. that's that's the opening 10 minutes of the film you know so like it it really lays its cards on the table in, in terms of yeah you know those like you know nice happy kooky films that we, we've had so far you know this has its element you know, loki's still being loki but yeah. It, it really it really is for 10 minutes yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> yeah it really does just sort of 
go straight to the point in terms of like this is a big bat this is serious stuff and yeah they're going to be really up against it we're not going to go too much into post end game stuff because i think it, it gets a bit clouded and i think it's it's a bit up and down in terms of some of the quality but i think what they really nailed across the infinity saga as a whole is how to set up a villain and they've struggled with that ever since the end of end game where they had such a strong presence in thanos because you don't see this guy for like what felt like i guess since the it's not literally the whole 13 year tenure of the mcu but you don't see him at all and like when you do see him it's very short cameo scenes but then straight away first scene of the film he's taken out the one of the characters that's the strongest that we've two of the strongest characters that we've seen that have just been in thor ragnarok they've just fought each other and you're like oh who's going to be the strongest out of the two and he's just wiped the floor with both of them and I think that they Marvel have really struggled to just capture an audience like that with another villain so far. I really thought that we would have that with Kang, but it hasn't it hasn't panned out that way. And I I think it just it's a great testament to what they did with Thanos. I think it speaks to what Andrew was saying around yeah. you remove limitations from things, mm. and suddenly once it's limitless, it's very difficult. And that's what they did with Kang. Was okay, yeah. Thanos was incredibly powerful for the universe, but then Kang is supposed to be sort of another level above yeah. in terms of like beyond the even the universe as we know it. Mm -hmm. and at that point suddenly you're like okay how and paul rudd punches him a bit yeah and yeah. that's how you stop him and it's kind of like <laughs> I, mm, yeah. I, I don't know how i feel about this and you can't keep doing it right you can't keep raising you can't one up it no. forever yeah. you know to infinity like that doesn't that doesn't work there is there is a limit to it but yeah. i think that they were they were pushing that limit don't in. tell the fast and furious or Paris <laughs> and Caribbean <laughs> directors that you can keep one upping it they can keep trying they can keep making the films yeah. we can keep consuming them but but yeah i really think that they did they did like find their peak with the infinity saga and, and specifically with infinity war in terms of that feeling that this is the thing like yeah. this is this is it mm -hmm. everything is going to come to a head so i'm just going to pull it back towards infinity war did you how connected were you with the mcu in general prior to to this film coming out had you grown up with the the movies did you have a favorite one prior to infinity war what what was it like for you yeah so so i'd seen all of the films i can't remember exactly whether or not i was in at the ground floor like yeah. you know with, with iron man coming out but but pretty soon yeah. after and watching them all as they came out mm. i think in terms of a favorite before it i would say that captain america is probably my favorite character my favorite yeah. avenger and so his his films were the ones that i enjoyed the most but again they're a little bit simpler uh, just because of his like powers and yeah. his character it seems ridiculous in the context of marvel but more down to earth <laughs> incomparable to some of the other 100 percent. i mean the, his first his first film was a war film yeah and then you know the next ones are sort of spy cold war spy thriller type yeah. films yeah. you know more than more than that and that's like gone into the, some of the the tv shows in, in more recent times as well so it's definitely more grounded and i think mm. that that is sort of an appealing thing to have as a as a way in to begin with as uh, as well and then you have at the other end of the spectrum you have the the guardians of the galaxy which is obviously insanely over the top yeah. you know so much fun my favorite um, just yeah. you, you know ridiculous characters ridiculous places and you know i think being able to have both of those ends of the spectrum and bring them together in this in the same film and not just bring the characters together and, and have those sort of clashes but but stylistically from like scene to scene you know as i was going through and re-watching when the Guardians first appear, yeah. they're off screen, and all you can hear is that seventies music, the, yeah. the Rubber Man like, song, rubber, yeah. yeah, and and you just instantly know, okay, right, yeah. this is going to be a Guardian scene. It's like yeah. it's so clear and obvious, and I think you know whether it's the the colors and the and the lighting, or you know the like the locations you you see New York, or whether it's the music like that, it's really clear 
you know it's just good you get a sense of who's going to be involved and, and what's going to happen next in the story simply from those those things mm-hmm. and i think that's really like difficult and, and, and clever to do yeah in order to mash that all together in one film and they do mash it well i think when you have all these different because honestly each marvel movie is stylistically has its own little niche and it's sort of hard to mix them all up but i mean once you get once you get captain america in a room with rocket raccoon it just it works i like it a lot yeah. maybe i just like rocket raccoon but i think it i think it really does they figure out how to kind of just stick up like this giant weird stew of marvel yeah and then they serve it up to us i think i think what they do is specifically in this film is that they give each part its room to breathe mm. so that that opening scene with the with thor and the, the asgardians is is sort of 10 minutes long which i feel like yeah. is quite a long amount of time for an opening scene before mm-hmm. you even see the sort of infinity war splash screen yeah. come up and then you spend a similar amount of time in new york and then you spend a similar amount of time with the, with the guardians and, yeah. and i think like each part has its you know they sort of trust the audience to understand that these things are happening simultaneously without constantly jumping yeah. around between mm-hmm. them all. I think they they allow it to just each part to, to have its own time to to develop. And then later on in the film, when they are all closer together and the the action is more sort of immediate, then they they do speed up that that switching of <laughs> perspectives and they do yeah move around the characters a little bit more, which which helps to sort of you know tell the the viewer that that everything is getting more tense and and more important as as the film goes on i think like you've you've hit on a really good point there i think tonally as well the film sort of changes as it goes through on rewatch i'd forgotten how many sort of jokes there are towards the start of the film but naturally there is still jokes at the end of the film there is still but when it gets to the more serious moments as it goes on through the film there is less and less jokes and it does become more and more serious as the stakes raise and that's rare it is sort of as it's hate to say but it is sort of rare for marvel to sort of just completely almost drop that guise of like oh we're like some of them the slapstick sort of comedy and yeah. moments like this but i feel like when they are when there are jokes in the latter stages of the film a lot of them actually hit more for me because it's like you you look towards the end of the film and like one of my favorite jokes is when thor and captain america have a moment on the battlefield and he goes oh this is my friend this is my friend tree and he goes i am groot and he goes i am steve rogers and that's one of my favorite jokes and that really landed for me and i think tonally it sort of made sense in the moment it was these brief sort of human moments that they have that are still present and at least somewhat make sense in those in those moments Mm -hmm. so i really appreciate that from marvel and like this it's no secret that this is one of my favorite films in general wanted to sort of just pull it back again towards you what's your favorite scenes in this film what do you kind of find yourself re-watching in so before I went back and, and did a rewatch, the the sort of one thing I remember really sticking in my mind, yeah, it came back a rewatch again, is the part of the film where Thor and Rocket and Groot are heading off to the forge. Mid, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not gonna Never, try it. Heading off to Nivedalir, yeah, to to forge a new a new weapon for, for yeah. Thor. It's. Uh, it, again it's one of these sort of like tonal shifts that you maybe maybe don't expect but yeah they, they've sort of taken a, an escape pod and are heading across space mm-hmm. and Thor's just like sat at the back of the ship like moping <laughs> Rocket is he sort of like looks around and he's like re- reluctantly he's like oh okay I need to be a friend yeah. here like he, he says that I need to be the captain which I think is a great way of like him putting that his, his character putting that a friend reaching out like, yeah. and it's so 
it, to, to me it was so, like so memorable as a scene because Thor is is there and you know he's thinking about all of the the loss that he's had all of the people that, that he's lost and the the enormity of the task that's ahead of him and he's desperately trying to to be himself he's desperately trying to be the, the confident god you know cocky arrogant mm. uh, god that, that he usually is and you can just see like that breaking mm-hmm. like in uh, in front of you on the screen yeah yeah he's he's lost everything at that point oh, for and sure. he's just he's driven by revenge at that point right like it's very different to other he's not the hero for good he is he is there for revenge like he's lost everyone and everything he's just like i just want to murder which is rarely a theme of a hero in even in marvel <laughs> definitely definitely but i think even even then that's his like justification in that moment and that's yeah. what he's using to to outwardly fuel himself but i think i think you can see that that he doesn't even believe it himself like he's really not particularly sure as, as he's saying it <laughs> especially compared to the, the way that he talks you know at other points in the film or, or in, in, in previous ones so i think yeah sort of him almost breaking but finding this one thing to hold on to and, and that to drive him forward is just a wonderfully human moment from from a, know, a god yeah. alien whatever <laughs> wherever you fall down on that yeah, it, uh, it 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 just is really spiked, and he's talking to a raccoon. Yeah, you know, and they both are having this this like wonderfully human deep conversation from two non-humans. From two yeah. non from two non-humans, <laughs> and you know, and there are jokes in that in that scene as you, as you say, and there's always there's always going to be with you know, it's a it's a comic film, and I, the way I see the jokes is that if you were reading a, a comic book, it would be a panel, like mm-hmm. you know, you'd, you'd have a panel, the joke would be in the panel, and then and then it's just gone, and you move on, and that's kind of how I see them appearing in the film is like yeah. they're just there and and they're gone. Yeah, you, you can laugh or, or not, but I, I don't think it detracts from the overall sort of like no, gravity I, that that, that I think scene it does adds have. to it. Yeah. I think one of one of Marvel's greatest strengths is how they humanize all these people. Because like one thing that I never re- like with a Superman making him relatable is is it's impossible. They try really hard to make him this little guy from Kansas, but he's still just Superman. <laughs> so Marvel does a much better job with this, and a lot of it is through the humor. Yeah, I think the only good Superman I've seen do that is in Smallville, where like yeah. they do that by making him a teenager that doesn't have half of his powers. You know, so exactly. Like, you know, it is a really difficult thing when you when you have the, these really powerful you know beings, and especially when you're throwing them all together and and they're sort of it, it's more obvious in front of them like where those power scales sort of like lie. Number one, Rocket Raccoon. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but. Yeah, I just think I think Thor's arc as a, as a whole in the in the film is is like really the the one that, that like sticks out. Obviously, like he's there at the start and he's sort of there right at the end. But he goes through through that that character development, you know, as a result of losing the latest people in in his life, and then you know, working on like a really specific goal. I I really enjoy the forge and and making yeah. the new weapon as like an action piece because it's yeah. not a fight yeah There's so often in these films you know the, the the big thing is a fight and they're great a lot of the time if, yeah. they're, if they're well choreographed it's really good fun mm-hmm. but this is just like a task that they're trying to do but they they make it fantastically epic yeah and i know that like you know chris <laughs> chris hemsworth wrote into his contract to have a scene where yeah. like he got to show off his muscles by like <laughs> holding open <laughs> this this star he's like ah, this is amazing i know that's just uh, like <laughs> it's it's a response as well there's a scene in uh in civil war where captain, captain america. america is like holding on to a 
uh, helicopter as it tries to take yeah. off <laughs> and he's like holding it one way and then he like flips his arm over and holds it the other so that he can like, show off his bicep and they're all just like flexing on each other that like who's done the best workout program in, yeah. the, in the run up to the filming <laughs> But even with even with with that in there, you know, I think it's I think it's a really good diversion, a really good alternate objective for them to yeah. to, to go after. And then you know he he succeeds, he, he joins the fight, and and really starts to turn the tide of that that yeah. fight. And uh, and then they lose. And then <laughs> and then they lose. But he, you know, oh yeah, he, yeah, he almost doesn't. You, yeah. know, you know, he yeah. he succeeds more than anyone, and <laughs> like yeah, he he manages to get an axe through Thanos's chest, yes. right. Mm-hmm before the before the the snap and so he thinks he's succeeded and we don't really see the ramifications of that until you know that later on in 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 other films but i just think that that's like a really great arc for him to have so speaking about bringing in sort of the other movies and things and i think it's well known amongst you all that my personal favorite is gardens of the galaxy and a large portion of that similar with a lot of my movie choices is is down to soundtrack and something marvel does fantastically throughout most of of these films up to here is is a very good cinematic soundtrack yeah i think getting mixed receptions from will but i think that they're ones that surround sound in a cinema make a huge huge difference obviously that goes for a lot of things but with these it it hits home different and one thing i wanted to ask is i don't know if any of you can remember but the the entrance scene where where thor comes through what the bifrost bifrost yeah. with stormbreaker <laughs> what is the the entrance music to that cuz all i can picture is the entrance music in the fight versus hella in that's the, ragnarok yeah that's the uh, uh, yeah immigrant song it's the Mm-hmm. That song yeah. is called oh, okay. Immigrant Song. Okay, so this is, this is actually kind of my gripe with it. Okay. I think a lot of Marvel music is very good, and like the you, the reason you can't remember it is because it's not memorable. Ooh. This is the kind of the thing. Try Does can you think of a single have... song from Iron Man? Oh, Dan, Iron Man. Dan. There you go. The one everyone knows. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, why yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy gets such a big? Oh, I love the soundtrack. Because you remember every. Yeah. You know the soundtrack. Yeah. Is yeah, there a then is not... there an ancient song for yes? Yeah. Well, there will be, but but I but I do agree with Will that like I can't sing it now. Yeah, exactly. I don't think it's a I don't think it's a memorable thing there. I think like yeah. the Avengers theme as a whole is recognizable. Yeah, and Captain America's theme is recognizable. Mm. I think, but but probably Thor's wouldn't necessarily be. And I think as well, especially post Ragnarok, it, Thor yeah. took a more Guardians kind of like view of things, and so was using more licensed music and stuff like that anyway. That so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, off the top of my head, I, I I can't bring that to to mind particularly, mm. and yeah, I kind of I kind of agree that like in the moment, it's it's a really good soundtrack, and and during my rewatch, I was like, you know, this is this is working. Yeah, but it works in there, but a lot of it is like a hold song that would work in a lot of different things. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fairly generic blockbuster mm-hmm. uh, soundtrack, but but done well, I would mm-hmm. say for the most part. I think the one thing that I kind of got from the rewatch of this is. It remained, it was my favourite scene when we're talking so much about obviously Thor and him forging the axe. I think the the biggest thing, and it stayed this way for me, is that when he arrives on the battlefield and it is just this moment of turning the tide and it is just this fantastic moment because when I watched it in the cinema, it was the first time I'd ever been to like a packed cinema whereas every single seat was there you couldn't buy a ticket for it because they were all taken up there's people at the front like crowning their necks like trying to obviously look at the Mm -hmm. screen and 
I have never been in a cinema where more people cheered at that moment when he arrived on the battlefield and had that. And it was very, it was just such a, like a, it really felt the reception in the room of that. But I think for me, it like plays into a larger question because that was what I got from my rewatch of it. But did anything change for you when you've been rewatching this? Did you feel any different about the film? Or was there a particular moment that you didn't see like the first couple of times that you've watched it, but maybe you see in a different light now? I think probably the main storyline, story arc that, that, mm. that changed the most is going back to Wanda and Vision yeah. in sort of a post-WandaVision world mm-hmm. yeah. and obviously that drawing a lot of attention to those characters. But actually in, in this film, you know, they go through, you know, probably the most in, in, in the film. I think I probably said that for Thor as well. A lot of people go through a lot. They go through yeah. the ringer in this one. Yeah, but definitely. That. And, you know, at the at the start, I think... It's so like heartfelt as Vision is trying to express his feelings for yeah. for Wanda, and mm-hmm. you know he's just like tripping over his words and can't can't get it out, and she has to sort of you know take over and be like, yeah, yeah I'm, I agree, I, I, I totally feel the same. can't relate to that. Oh, it's <laughs> just that yeah, it's the most relatable thing, <laughs> and just like really nice as well, and then like that's immediately ripped away, which is which is horrible, yeah. and then obviously then you know the the dilemma throughout the whole thing that vision is the mind stone and, mm-hmm. and that that being quite a major part of the the film you skip to the end and Wanda has to make a choice and she has to choose to essentially kill vision in order to to destroy the mind stone mm. and that's just so horrible like yeah. that's just absolutely horrible and you know i think as that's happening and you know vision is saying that like I think at one point he says it can only be you. Yeah, it's, it's not fair that it's you, but it it has to be you. Yeah. Is just yeah, it it's absolutely heartbreaking. Mm. And then oh, she does she does it. She goes through with it because it's mm. the right thing to do, and she makes a horrible decision. Mm-hmm. And then it's like immediately wiped <laughs> yeah. away. Yeah. And I think you you're just your gut just falls out yeah. at that point. <laughs> it's it's just absolutely you know. The, the you know you've gone through the worst and it was for nothing yeah. um, is just an absolutely terrible terrible feeling and I don't think I'd, I'd ever twigged quite how much of a parallel that had like earlier in the film mm-hmm. when the guardians are going to try and protect the reality stone mm-hmm. yeah. and they think that they've got there before Thanos and Gamora is yeah. like captured yeah. Gamora and Star-Lord have this agreement that Star-Lord will kill Gamora so that Thanos can't take Gamora <laughs> And they go through with that plan, yeah. and he tries to shoot Gamora, but Thanos has already got the Reality Stone. Mm. All he fires is, is, is bubbles, and it's yes. the, it's that same like they have that that moment, that declaration of love, that that understanding that like this is the worst thing, but we have to do it, and then it's it's for nothing. Like uh, I think that that being there, sort of that's fairly early. I don't know, it's a long film, but it's fairly early on yeah. in the film, and then and then to sort of bring it back to that at the end as like this. This inevitability, which I, I know is a, a, a later, Classic. he said the <laughs> thing. He said the thing. <laughs> throw forward. But I think that I think that drives home that that point a little bit, and yes, sort of shows the the futility of of what the the heroes are, are doing throughout. But it doesn't make it any less horrible the actions that they have to go through. Yeah. So on rewatch, it got even more horrible. <laughs> Lesson learned: give up. It's inevitable. <laughs> Everything's inevitable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I've got I've got just a couple more questions I think for you to to kind of close out the the segment. The first of which we kind of we alluded to it ever so slightly, but 
what's your relationship with Marvel now? Post, post, obviously, we've seen the conclusion of Endgame, and there's been a smattering of obviously other projects across the last couple of years. What, what's your relationship now? Are you still? How do you feel about it? Yeah, I'm. I'm still a fan. I'm. I'm not as in as I was. Yeah. I think uh, after after Endgame, they went towards TV series, yeah. and. I love a lot of those TV series mm-hmm. because I think each one is is so different, and mm-hmm. we we alluded to how that's the case already for things like you know Captain America versus yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy, but they they took it to this completely different level. I mean, One Division starting as like a '50s sitcom is just absolutely Stunning. incredible, but then that yeah. that show grows you know into into something way beyond sort of what what it was at, at that start point and then like everything after it is is, is just completely different and i think they they gave the creators a lot of license to do that and to to develop their own style and their own stories for uh, each of these characters and and i think that's allowed for some really really great series like i think i think the ms marvel series is absolutely fantastic mm-hmm. and, and the style of that is is you know very different to to a lot of other uh, other things I am a little bit burnt out on it. I'm not yeah. up to date anymore. I haven't seen Secret Invasion. I haven't seen Loki season two. Like, I didn't even know Secret Invasion was a thing. Yeah, yeah. I literally never heard of it. It's again, it's it's like more sort of Cold War spy thriller kind of mm. thing with Fury Scrolls, and, yeah. and and Skrulls as as the main antagonists, but. Yeah, so it is, it, and it's that very different sort of vibe to it. But I think it just it got, yeah, it definitely got to the point where it was too much, and Saturation it's very difficult. To, is the term I think we we always come back to. Yeah. yeah, and then and then the films have a sort of different problem to them in terms of I think the the like you can't they can't find a villain, yeah. and that re- and that really you know does does make things very very difficult. Mm-hmm. And you still have very high points within that. I think the Spider Man bringing the three Spider Men together was a lot of fun and yeah. and a really really good film. But within the wider context of them being able to sort of capture that that overall arc and, and what that did for everyone and, and, and how everyone was like bought into the MCU. Yeah. I think that was really lightning in a bottle and I don't yeah. I don't think they're gonna get back there. I yeah. think they need to sort of readjust to what yeah. their what their expectations are and, and go back to telling some like unique stories mm. on an individual character basis and then see where that goes and see what they can develop from that and just like trying to go straight back to we have this hype of Infinity War and Endgame yeah. I just don't think it's possible mm-hmm. yeah I completely agree with you there and it, it's, it speaks to a lot of how I feel about the MCU in general at the moment slightly I'm, I'm disillusioned in the sense of I haven't I'm not caught up either I'm not in the same as, as hyped as I used to be and I was very when Endgame finished I was very staunch in my opinion of being like no it's not the end and like there's more coming and when you as you mentioned like WandaVision was such a high point for me it was fantastic and there has been some bright sparks in in this period but I'm really hoping that in the future and it's seemingly like they've realized and they've gone right time to to pull back on a lot of these things and let's try and course correct and get back on the right path which I'm really hopeful for and I think I'm, I'm quietly optimistic about certain films and certain properties but I guess only time is going to tell on on some of these things but I did just want to close out as a final sort of posing question to you if people aren't convinced enough already at this point to obviously <laughs> would to you give like it a try to go watch or, Infinity War yeah, what what would be your sort of number one reason as to why you should watch this film or why you should dip your toe into a couple of Marvel films or or in that case yeah, I think I think it's a very difficult thing to recommend someone go straight yeah, yeah. for Infinity War. I think of course. I think one of the, the the huge benefits of Infinity War is this sort of assumed knowledge that, yeah. that is brought into it and, and it allows them to jump straight to the point yes. in, in so many different cases. And so you do kind of have to have to build that up. 
but I sort of I have I have done that so through through lockdown my fiance and I sat down and and she hadn't seen any of them yeah. and we watched the entire MCU through uh, quite intensely we did like every every <laughs> night of the weekend so three week three night uh, three films a weekend talk about saturation yeah <laughs> but that was like that was a fantastic experience and again it's a fantastic bonding experience to go through that with somebody and I sort of know what's coming and and, mm-hmm. and, I'm, and waiting on those responses so I think that's a really um, like wonderful way to do that so if you do like know someone that, that yeah. has seen them before and, and would want to take you through that experience I think that's a really wonderful way to do it and maybe like that can remove a little bit of the chore of the thought yeah. of 20 three six <laughs> however many films it ended up being which is which is a lot just gotta go get engaged first and then i'm good to go <laughs> yeah exactly and your main incentive yeah, yeah exactly. did you did you sprinkle in tidbits throughout like you finish a film and she'd be like oh as that one ended you'd be like yeah that's inevitable and like film three and like throughout it you're just slowly dropping in hints to, just, just to i am group later scene and call forward no. i am andrew <laughs> <laughs> Why does he keep saying that? <laughs> no, I was very, I was very good. As I say, like big, big spoiler hater. So I was yeah, like, no, I'm not going to tell you absolutely anything. You know, this is you, you go going as blind as you can about about all of it. And then I think like you get the you get the payoff like when someone else watches watches Infinity War for the first time. Yeah, that's a that's a wonderful moment because they they are sat there in that state of of shell shock. Which, yeah, I you again <laughs> that that state is is inevitable. I would just like to thank you for. For coming onto the pod we i know i speak for the guys i know they'll joke about it but we absolutely love having you here and i yeah i can't thank you enough and it's been an excellent section if you haven't checked out infinity war if you haven't checked out marvel in general i would definitely give it a try maybe obviously as, as andrew mentioned you can skip for the dark world no one needs, no one needs to see that <laughs> no one no one remembers that one but yeah let us know on instagram what you think and we always want to hear your opinions about infinity war as well so we're going to get started on our next segment so stay tuned final segment of the show 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 so we're the sh- <laughs> oh, oh right sorry. oh sorry yeah <laughs> final segment of the show we're just going to talk about what's on our radar so this is including anything that we're watching playing anything that we've just generally got our eye on for the future or present and what we've been watching mark what's been going on this week what you've been watching uh not a huge amount so i not had massive amounts going on watched a couple of the movies from from guests we've had on other things but what i have or did start watching and finish was the live action one piece yeah Started it purely on the fact that my YouTube algorithm suggested one of the fight scenes and it kind of looked interesting. So I was like, huh. Did he stretch Armstrong on things? No, that was not what I what I saw, but he does oh, do so that. Oh, so that was a fun surprise um, for you. It was. A, I had no idea that was coming. <laughs> and it was, yeah, I, I had no expectations going in. So I, I really enjoyed it, actually. I got really invested. It was kind of like silly kids, Pirates of the Caribbean vibes. Yeah. But very positive like happy like it was a it was quite a feel-good show so i'm excited for the next season i'm sure as with the live adaptation of a lot of things i'm sure some diehard fans of the original animated have looking for your address wrong opinions i live in canada yeah i i really enjoyed it i don't know a single actor or actress in the film that i recognized Mm. but yeah really enjoyed watching it It was just a a very easy watch and like i said it just kept popping up on on 
Netflix. Did I you, thought, why not? Did you have any experience of like One Piece before this at all? Was this the first introduction? Absolutely none. Yeah. Yeah. So none at all. Like I, I really didn't even recognize. Sort mm. of, I've now obviously gone away and looked at the animated. Didn't even recognize Monkey D. Luffy <laughs> from, from anything else. Will, you enjoy depictions of food in animated shows. Oh, Sanji's yeah. there to, to cook in this one. Does a pretty good job mm-hmm. of depicting cartoon food in real live life. action yeah so it's quite satisfying in in that sense but no really enjoyed it but yeah, yeah. absolutely zero idea going into it yeah i thought it was gonna be a very different show to what it was yeah. but really enjoyed it can you give us just like because i'm I, I kind of think i know what's going on with it but can you just give us like a brief sort of what what it's about i can and i think i can do it without really it being a spoiler mm. because the opening sequence is is basically what you're asking me to give here nice which is there was a pirate king. Was it all peaceful until the Fire Nation attacked? Or was that... <laughs> no. You wait till the Fire Nation. <laughs> it's kind of, there was a pirate king mm. and he gets captured and, and executed. And in the process basically says, I've buried all my treasure somewhere. So the whole world is kind of like, oh, that's interesting. Mm. And there's a bit of a split of sort of not pirates and pirates, but a large proportion of the world seem to be pirates. Yeah. And then the main character, Monkey D. Luffy, has the dream of finding the treasure which was all hidden in one location and so is referred to as the one piece oh okay and it's all about him following his dream Mm. but it's very like he meets his companions and friends along the way and they all have their own dreams but he's just very positive and happy and naruto-esque in his sort of like i'm unwavering in my mission and morals and things he just it's, smiles it's his way through life and people follow him i guess it's, i like that it's kind well, of that's a lucky. better sorry <laughs> <laughs> smiley pirate people looking follow for, him through life looking for treasure i like yeah. it yeah treasure plays a very small part in it actually mm. from the entire series there's really not much about them actually getting any treasure i think it's more about like bragging rights it is it's like i did the thing no one else could and apparently the money is worthless to me <laughs> mm-hmm well, but it's good. Yeah, it's, it's worth a watch. It'll be interesting to see because they're they're doing season two, right? Right mm-hmm. of that. I, I have, I've spoken. One of my close friends loves um, like anime and and manga and everything. And I don't know his opinions particularly on One Piece, but from general reviews, I have seen that it is pretty good. Very popular. I know yeah. that it's been going on for so long. Mm. So it has to it has to have some sticking power. Yeah, exactly. I think like I don't know. It's obviously there's a lot of uh, anime remakey type things that are coming up and, and they're all uh, awesome and they're oh god <laughs> they are extremely maybe hit and miss maybe i guess but yeah obviously we've got like the avatar the last anime we keep banging over the head of it but it actually releases this week which i'm really excited for. people are well. gonna be a little bit upset that you're calling it anime yes sorry. some people it's some, not I, technically i, I don't know yeah, I, don't, kind of, I don't know where i stand like, on this but it's like americanized anime it's isn't whatever it? yeah. it's good yeah i like it fair will what has I watched? What's on your radio? I watched one movie, and it yep. was also Poor Things. James, you were right. It's an extremely good movie that is extremely <laughs> difficult to recommend. Yep. But after going away, I slowly started to realize there's just a lot of Frankenstein that's going to be coming out, guys. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a, lot. a lot. We got upcoming. We've got Lisa Frankenstein, directed by Zelda Williams. We've got Bride of Frankenstein, directed by Maggie Gyllenhaal, and Guillermo del Toro doing a Frankenstein. I don't know who decided, but we've got just so much Frankenstein happening just in our a, near future. A sudden push for just all this Frankenstein media. Like, I don't know. Had, I think there was like a phase where there was so much Dracula. 
stuff. We like, just love the, a Dracula. Yeah, and now it seems to be like Frankenstein. And now we love a Frankenstein. Yeah. What's next? Yeah, I don't know, but I'm I'm very curious why this is happening. I loved Poor Things. Yeah. So if if this is just more of the same, which it absolutely will not be, <laughs> I was gonna say, um, then I'd be down for that. I just want to know who decided this. Like we had a we also had a big Pinocchio thing, also yeah. with Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> Yeah, Pinocchio has um, definitely got another push recently. It got well, a push because it, it got into the uh, public domain, I think. Yeah, it, uh, they released that game very recently. <laughs> Lies as well. of P. Lies of P, yeah. I don't know what that game is about, and I don't know how it is even remotely it's, close to Pinocchio, but. Yeah, it, it's, it's definitely Pinocchio because Geppetto is like in it and he's like fixing you up and stuff like that during the game i haven't played it i've seen like some some gameplay of it, it and one it just sort of seems like the sort of thing where it could have been anything and they just slapped a pinocchio skin yeah. on it it's like they yeah. wanted to do a dark souls thing yeah and they kind of just went oh this seems fun and then they had that really weird pinocchio movie yeah. that everyone memes on because <laughs> pinocchio says there's so much of the world we have to pause yeah i have to look at this line because pinocchio is featured saying the line but father, when are you going to let me go out on my own? I have the whole world to see. That one. Pinocchio just got a big push. And I'm really hoping that we have a Frankenstein that can match Pinocchio's energy. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> but father, <laughs> when can I go out <laughs> That would be ideal, truly. <laughs> that kind of does happen in uh, poor things as well, where she's like, I want to go and see the world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but and she's like, we're just lifting that line now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> father. <laughs> or also... Uh, I think it was a turmoil of hate will bubble out of me, something like that. I loved the dialogue in, in Poor Things. Yeah. It was wonderful. It's great. I'm really glad to hear that you enjoyed it, obviously, mm-hmm. as well. It's, it's a tough, as you said, it's a tough recommendation. It but is. It, is, it is Oscar-nominated, and Emma Stone is probably going to win, I think. I haven't watched a lot of... I'm making my way through like the Oscar nominations mm-hmm. at the moment, and I think she's a very strong contender for, obviously, like winning Best best Actress in that. Yeah. Because I think, yeah, she does fantastically. But, yeah, it's a difficult one to recommend, and... Yeah, if you are interested in sort of a Frankenstein-y type thing and you can kind of get over that, then yeah, I would recommend it. But Now Mark has to watch it and talk about it next time. Yeah. <laughs> what you got on? Um, So I've been on holiday recently, so I was kind of just like trying. Why? I know, I, I need to be doing this 24-7. <laughs> but I couldn't really see anything on the plane that I was like really adamant that I wanted to watch. I'm Not even Ant-Man? No, they didn't have Ant Man this time. I was like, I was fuming. I only watch Ant Man on planes. <laughs> have I told? Have you told you guys my Ant Man story? No. What is this? So when I I watched Ant Man first on a plane, and I was like, yeah, this is a great movie. Yeah. This is a great plane movie, and it's, yeah. I just did really enjoy the movie. But it gets to the point where he goes subatomic, and it just has him like floating through darkness. Yeah, yeah. And then it shuts the movie off. What? Yeah. And so for a second, the plane was not over. Uh, like it's not like we were landing or anything yeah it just ended there for me and to me i thought they made the incredibly bold decision which i highly respected of just like and that's where ant-man dies that was it that was the end of the movie i was i was like that was awesome (laughs) and then i went home and i figured out the truth yeah but (laughs) yes plain movies (laughs) but i couldn't i couldn't find anything that i really wanted to watch they had they had the godfather on there and i was like i'm I really want to watch this, mm-hmm. but I don't think I can commit to watching it on a tiny screen on a Cram plane. I feel in like a metal tube with a hundred other humans. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I think for debatably, well, what people say is obviously one of the greatest films of all time. To watch it on a 
tiny plain screen probably isn't the way to go but i did see they had one of my favorite films and going back to sort of that musical topic they had la la land on there yeah. which is one of my all-time favorite and probably my all-time favorite musical film uh we've got some art of it in the room as well which will is gesturing to at the moment <laughs> yeah. but it is I, I put that on i've seen it multiple times and i just like i wanted something with a bit of music as well and yeah, I just fell asleep watching La La Land and then missed a lot of the happy bits and then woke up when <laughs> it's real sad It's parts. real sad at the end this of it. This is the best um, film ever. <laughs> I fell asleep, Jerry. <laughs> it's <laughs> a plane. It's the, the start it is, is like, the start and the middle are very, it's like, real boring. The <laughs> no. start and the middle are terrible. Last it's, 10 minutes, mwah. <laughs> Bon appetit. It's, it's very, it's very comforting. It's really it, like the middle, of the start of the middle is so comforting and like it really nice and like some of the music in it. Obviously, City of Stars won. Uh, I think it won a few Grammys, um, but it's really great. And I would really implore anyone to watch like La La Land if you haven't seen it already. It's two great performances from uh, Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone again. Hmm. But yeah, I watched that on the plane. The only other thing, sort of following on from the theme of like last episode, we were talking a lot about Donald Glover. Yeah. And I think we did name drop Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Obviously, we it did. came out on uh, Amazon Prime. But I watched all of Mr. and Mrs. Smith with my brother and sister-in-law. All of it? Yeah, we went, we binged you all of it. We did finished? Eight ep- we did eight episodes. I thought wow. it was a, I thought it was a movie. No, 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 it's eight episodes Oh, series. okay, this makes a lot yeah. more sense. I thought you were just like, I finished the whole thing in the yeah. theater. Not to brag. <laughs> I think, like, the, the performances in it are great. Donald Glover is absolutely fantastic in it. And he brings, obviously, he's got, like, a bit of comedic talent that, obviously, that we spoke about for the community last week. Mm-hmm. But he's also, he does blend as well, because one of the sort of plot, the plot of Mr. and Mrs. Smith is that they are essentially sort of two almost civilian people. The guy in it, he was in the army for a bit. But the, the girl in it as well, she failed the, like, CIA entrance exams and stuff. So it's they've re- this agency has recruited two seemingly normal people with not like much military experience okay. and not like spy experience and then they task them to go and do like missions but they put them together as a couple hence mr and mrs smith mm-hmm. so very different than to the, uh, the film mr and mrs yeah smith it's, it's a bit Darius, no, yeah because okay. they're like not super super agency already yeah. like sorted um and i don't know if they're going to do season like two no no spoilers obviously of what happens but it's really fun because donald glover toys the line of like comedic he is essentially like a normal person in a lot of these action scenes and he plays that very well where his character has asthma and he's like every time he has to run away from something he's like (laughs) and like he plays it really well it's a difficult one to recommend. I don't think it was bad. It's not. (laughs) I fell asleep through every episode. It's not bad. But who, who plays Miss Smith? Um, the person that plays Mrs. Smith is Maya Erksine. Maya Erksine. That rings oh, you definitely Erksine. pronounced it right. Maya Erksine. <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're, they do like two really good performances between the two of them, and they play being a couple very well. Like mm-hmm. my favorite scene of the whole thing was them. They like get married in the show, obviously, and they have to legally bind they, themselves they together. Legally, they legally That's bind not themselves obvious together. to me. Sorry, yeah, they legally bind themselves together, but then they obviously they're not it's part of a mission to begin with but then they obviously like start to fall for each other because the sheer amount of time they spend around each other sure they didn't need to actually get married no right? yeah it's like so when they're like incognito and they're like walking around the city and stuff they're like oh my husband and like mr and yeah Mrs. of Smith. course yeah. but like the whatever government agency has them in, involved didn't mm. need to throw them away mm. it's a big uh comes up oh. she they they one of my favorite episodes in it is that they go to couples counseling because they generally <laughs> like they're trying to play it off i as, love the couples counseling episode <laughs> 
<laughs> it's so it's so funny because they're talking to the counselor as if it's like normal marriage problems mm-hmm. and their whole thing is their fake job is that they're computer programmers and obviously they're talking about the missions and it's cutting to footage of like what happened on the mission yeah. it's like he's at one point they're in a mission um and he's trying to sneak into a group of like guys and like get them in with them and they're talking to the woman they're like oh we were trying to close a deal and it's actually like assassinate all of these people sort of thing it's it's fun and like if you do really like donald glover you will obviously really enjoy this but i don't think it hits that sort of like top echelon of of like tv and of of those it's not one that i'm no atlanta no i'm glad that we didn't mention atlanta last time obviously Mm because Again, a really fantastic show. Yes. A really great performance I from love Donald it so Glover. Much. I had a few messages from people on Instagram being like, oh, you didn't talk about Atalanta. No, we didn't. Like, afterwards, so. <laughs> I kind of don't know why. Yeah. Um, it just, I'm just waiting here for the fourth season. Yeah. Big big jump between second and third season mm. uh, that I really enjoyed. Uh, partially because I'm sure they just like, man, I don't want to act anymore. <laughs> yeah. So they're like, I'm only going to act in half of them. Yeah. But honestly, it was a really great. All the episodes without them, I, it sounds bad when I say it, were yeah. excellent. Yeah. Um, but still, I just really like it. But yeah, and if, also I'm from there. <laughs> not really. Yeah. But yeah, if you if you like Donald Glover, you probably will like this one. Um, but yeah, I'm not running out and telling people to go and watch this. So, but yeah, that I think is the show. I think yeah, that's everything that we're on our radar. Let us know what's on yours. If you want to reach the show, we are at We Are Not Movie Critics. We are, <laughs> we are at We Are Not Movie Critics on Instagram. Follow us to stay up to date with all our movie news, our interviews, everything the promotional materials that's going to be coming out. So stay tuned, and we'll catch you in the next episode. That's Thanks for listening. See you the new. Bye. See you. Bye. Bye. No, we can't do that twice. No. <laughs>